0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Undiluted Truth, coming to you from All Seasons Tabletop Studio. I am Ben. Do not forget to like, subscribe, and share. The podcast email is podcast at gmail.com. And today's episode is going to be Frustrations of COVID Policies and restrictions unleashed by frontline medical professionals. And without any further delay, let's welcome in our host, Mike.
1: Absolutely. Hey, Ben. How are you today?
0: Uh, I'm good. Good.
1: It's good to see you. It's good to be here. Yeah. And Always. ready or not, we will even put that out there to our listeners, ready or not, here we go. Oh, and I okay. know, we, I know yeah. well, well yeah. the ready or not and here we go, uh, <laughs> this is another one of those, you in in the title of the episode, the frustrations. Yeah, that is so accurate. We are going to be listening to a roundtable, if you will, done once again by it seems like the only person that really cares up with le- legislatures and and whatnot in D.C. and that's Ron Johnson. I probably could have put that out there for a for a quiz question, and and the majority of the people would have would have got it right. At least mm. our listeners. I hope the rock tumblers that are. Listening to us would have got that right, but we have got some, you, you said frontline, those that are, that are on, still on the front lines treating patients and went through this from the beginning all the way to date. Right. These ladies and gentlemen, these, these medical professionals are, I, I'm just going to say, frustration might not be a strong enough word, they are done these, yeah, yeah. these guys are ready. That There have been not only crimes against humanity, there's been inhumane, inhumane treatment. Uh, this is affecting these doctors.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Emotionally, mentally, with everything that they've had to do and, 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 and see and experience, and to know that these are people that want to practice medicine the way it's supposed to be practiced, they are wanting to use their God given gifts to heal people. So, yeah, uh, you know, maybe frustration isn't a strong enough word, but I I welcome those that are listening to this to. To, When you're listening to this, find a place to where you will not be interrupted. Find a place to listen to everything that, that we're going to go through on this podcast because you do not need any distractions. In my opinion, it, it, we have covered a lot of really serious things uh, when it comes to this, and um, this is one where you're, you're hearing... Facts and frustrations two plus years down the road, and yeah. I, I think this is what we need to be meditating on. This is what we need as a as a people in 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 a barely still free country. You know, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Uh, but we are all frustrated, and it, and it, and it's sort of one of those things where you think you're frustrated could you imagine a b or c right the a right. b and c is what we're going to hear today and okay. i tell you i have all of the the, the admiration and respect for these uh, ladies and gentlemen that we're we're getting ready to to hear from uh, just uh, that I As far as accreditations, as far as respect, that I couldn't give it to to really anybody else in the hour that we're living in. Uh, hmm. So,
0: okay.
1: here we are. Uh, this is being brought to you. Uh, it, it's, it's an interview particularly, and it's going to be covering this roundtable, but particularly with one of the doctors, uh, Dr. Uh, Richard Urso, MD. And if, if that name sounds familiar, it should he is one of the American frontline doctors from the very beginning, and he has been there from the very beginning. Okay. So uh, this is an interview with him and Dell Bigtree from the High Wire, and that sh- that's really all I need to say uh, on that. So we'll go ahead and hit the start button, and you will first hear uh, Richard Urso's voice, and then Dell will take over and we'll get into this interview. All right. All right, and once again— Rock tumblers and truth seekers, welcome and ready or not, here we go.
2: We have so many tools in the toolbox. It's a message I want everybody to hear. We can beat this disease. That's called the practice of medicine.
3: All right, well, it was an incredible event. I want to thank Senator Ron Johnson, who has been spectacular with this conversation bringing in first the injured, some of which were injured in the trials uh, of the vaccine and letting them be heard and going down on the Senate record there. And then on Monday, uh, what you just saw was a five-hour discussion amongst some of the best doctors and scientists in the world on the topic of the pandemic, on masks, on lockdowns, on the vaccine, the development of the vaccine. Um, and as he said, we have only scratched the surface by the end of that. Mm. Uh we are only scratching the surface and we're certainly going to even make a lighter scratch today but i want to take you through some of the the highlights and so many great things said but for those of you that have a short attention span or a family that will never watch that uh we're going to sort of isolate these these highlights and and i'm so honored to be joined right now by one of the great doctors that was at that hearing uh dr richard or so uh it's really a pleasure thanks del all right thanks for all you do absolutely um so, first of all, you know, how did this come about? Like, I mean, how did this this event get set up? I mean, because it was like like the best of the best.
2: I, mm-hmm. I love you saying that because I was I was driving here today. I was thinking to myself and I was talking to one of the other organizers. and I said, we're really America's team. Yeah. And I said, so it's not the Cowboys anymore. We're the America's team. Yeah. We're standing up for all for all Americans right now. And we're. We really were able to join together for several reasons we all were picked off you know i've been fighting the fight since march and got uh um tagged pretty hard in march 2020 okay many others did and then one by one we all came on the scene harvey uh peter and all the others um and uh and then when malone came on board uh this year you know it was fantastic here's the creator here's the creator of of what's now Frankenstein. I mean, uh,
3: what what greater vindication than the creator of the technology you've been arguing <laughs> and fighting about, saying this isn't working? When the creator himself comes and says, "Yes, I'm one of the guys that invented this, and it is a Frankenstein. It's not doing what it's supposed to do. Yes. We must stop." That. That's pretty incredible.
2: Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that's a good thought in my mind. We've created Frankenstein now. Lipid nanoparticles carrying a messenger RNA toxin yeah. is absolutely uh, scientifically not a smart thing. So. so- but basically, we all came together one by one, and eventually we, we started going online together, and then we formed a group um, in late August uh, in September last year, and basically called Global COVID Summit, or the International Alliance of Physicians and Scientists. It was a core of mostly the people you saw there, yeah. and we formed that core, and then with our declaration which um, I don't mind just saying we we said, let's doctor, let doctors be doctors. Let us let us treat patients. Let us heal patients. Let us do our job. Patients understand that we know and can give them advice, informed consent. Let us do our job for inflammation, scarring and wound healing. That's all it is. It's not that hard. Number two, vaccination of children is absolutely should not be mandated. And this is a very dangerous thing that we're seeing. Um, this is uh, not a disease of children this is not a problem for children uh, this should not be happening the 5 to 11 year olds for instance it's 0.1 per 100,000 inf- yeah. infection fatality rate and in the, and the third uh, part of our, our message was natural immunity denial needs to stop Natural Im- there's no such thing as super immunity um, right. there's no Superman right it's natural immunity right natural immunity denial is ridiculous we have 146 studies versus the CDC's one study, 146 to 1. Right. Fantastic. Well, I want to emphasize that. Yeah.
1: They have done 146 studies that have proven natural immunity is better. The CDC has said what they say, which is we're not quite sure, it looks like, if you get the vaccine, it, it might be better. And, and all of this comes from one study.
0: Right, yeah.
1: So 146 to 1, and, and to me, that's, that's just incredible. No. It, it's, it's incredible. It's incredibly, I don't know, idiotic to even even, even acquiesce to that.
0: It's a, that's, that's, from my understanding, only studies that have done specifically with COVID. I mean yes. how many other studies yes. have been done over the years with natural immunity? Yeah. There well, there's probably thousands of other studies that have involved natural immunity well, over the years that prove that you know you have you know unless you don't have any immunity at all, you know because you've wrecked your body or because you have some sort of disease that has wrecked your immune system, you know, it it's been no offense, it's been proven for decades that natural immunity in most situations is absolutely fine and better in a lot of cases.
1: Yeah. And well, keep in mind that now you and I have been around probably, you know, your dad, medical technologist and his mm-hmm. background and, right. and just the way that he was brought up. So some of us have a little bit of uh, an advantage in how we were brought up and, and it, it, it sort of leans hard on the natural immunity, uh, but keep in mind, even the doctors are not taught when they go to medical school a lot at all about the immune system and prevention. But with that being right. said—
0: Which is really sad. Actually. It is
1: sad. And and just based on, on, on what we we're discussing here, <clears throat> they get into right. that. They do get into this a little bit, and they do expound a little bit more on the natural immunity in some of the studies that are taking place Almost well, and and you just said it. Sort of too late. Why are we worrying about studies now? I mean, should, shouldn't this have happened before? Right. But it is the hot topic. It is front and center, mm-hmm. and these guys get into it a little bit. So I, I just wanted to say, but I, I I wanted to emphasize that it seems like the whole country, and we'll we'll just we'll just say the United States is, I say acquiescing is is paying more attention to that one study and paying more attention to well, we need we need the vaccine because that's going to give us more immunity right. well that's that's exactly what Dr. Urso said. there is no super immunity, and that's yeah. what he was talking about. But so.
0: real quick, just since you brought that up, it's like it's like they came out, um now, again, everybody doesn't know this either, but they came out and re repositioned the goalposts and said we're not going to focus on herd immunity. This is true. Well, if you're not focusing on herd immunity, and what important is the vaccine in the first place? Well, and Robert Malone even mentioned that, the yeah. or Geert uh, Van Bosch right. was even saying in one of our podcasts, like, if you're not, fo- the, the whole point of vaccination is to get to herd immunity. That's Th- exactly so if you're not right. doing that, why are you pushing the vaccine? That That is true. So, I mean, he didn't say <laughs> that part, but I'm like, you know why well, yes, anyway.
1: and many of us are saying that, yeah,
0: so so, so anyway, sorry, okay, uh, sidetrack there, no, no, Back no,
1: it's all good, it's all good <laughs> stuff, and and really, I think this is important for us to to clearly understand because it's not it's not difficult it it's sort of you know how you know, and we've said it, things that you may think it, that were difficult at one time but explained the right way sort right. of makes sense. And you use your common sense to understand it. And then you find yourself going, wow, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, let, uh, we'll let these guys keep going here, uh, but just wanted to emphasize that. Sorry for the, such a long pause there, but uh,
3: <laughs> back to the interview here. Here we go. You're a very passionate guy. You shared some of this, mm-hmm. that passion. So here's just a taste of uh, Dr. Urso uh, on the panel at the Senate
2: hearing.
0: Early on, there was so much we didn't know. And we, we were all... Well, Dr. Russell was shaking his hand. No,
2: that's not true, Senator. We okay. knew early on. We had treatment early on from the very first day in March. Yes, That's a, that's a fabricated it's, it's scientific fraud to say that. My first patient, um, I treated with hydroxychloroquine, erythromycin, vitamin D, aspirin, and steroids. And I literally was shocked when I went and talked about it that... Um, Uh, that people were really coming at me about the steroids because anybody who treats respiratory syncytial virus and other viruses the inflammatory phase is is typically one of the most important phases the NIH the CDC and the FDA are not involved in medical education we went through a residency of medical school a residency program I've seen 300,000 patients I've never called the FDA the NIH or the CDC one time for advice It's not who we call. So to have them dictate our medical practices has to stop. We've got to reinvent the wheel, basically, because our current system is the corporate practice of medicine telling doctors what to do when we already know.
1: Okay, he's he's, he's back in the studio. Uh, That was a clip, but. Well said. Yeah, it, 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 you heard some of the frustration right there from Doctor Orso. Right, yeah. You yeah. know, he basically well, said we are being told by corporate, you know, the corporate right. part of all of this healthcare system, from people that don't know medicine. Yeah. they're the ones that are telling us what to do.
0: And 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 I'm not sure if this this really doesn't matter, but I, something that stuck out in my mind right there is like back in March, I'm assuming he's talking of twenty twenty, uh, back when the pandemic first started. That's correct. Not when the vaccines came that
1: is correct. So
0: what I what I was getting at is that if you remember one of our previous podcasts with Dr. Peter McCullough, Peter McCullough was saying that they didn't really know how to treat it un until later and then finally published something in August. Whereas He's saying we knew in March how to treat
1: this. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just wanted that. to, yeah.
0: No. I, I just, I figured somebody should, ought to know how to treat this from the beginning. And
1: they, they did. So the, apparently and they, they were. And they
0: discovered this early on and yes, knew. They,
1: he was part of the group, if you recall, with some, Dr. Simone Gold on the right, steps yes. there at DC. He was yes. part of that group. So, right. it, and that was back in March,
0: right? So, they, yeah, so, yeah, So they had already been treating this with some of those drugs we've heard about. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay,
3: so, okay. Back in the studio with uh, Dell and Doctor Urso. I mean, it's really such a powerful point. You know, one of the things that kept coming up at this was the, the this discussion about the doctor-patient relationship. What is, you know, when you came through school, define what the doctor-patient relationship is it's supposed to be
2: Uh, my mentors were guys like Red Duke um, uh, uh, Cooley DeBakey, there were people we looked up to I remember coming to the medical center the Texas Medical Center and wondering what city this was and they said it's the Texas Medical Center and I was like wow I couldn't wait and and these people lived in the hospital they lived for their patients they cared so much about their patients the passion and the the intensity that they brought was something that right now as I talk about I have chills this is what i grew up with and this is what i wanted to embody as i went forward and it was a wonderful thing and it kept going through the early part of the 90s adele we were still the doctors were still pretty much in charge the hospitals were our partners felt like the insurers were kind of on the outside and then the hospitals banded together and i thought well that's good because we'll be able to fight the insurers a little better Um, some of my good friends were actually the head of two major hospital systems
3: sort of incorporating, making bigger hospitals, we'll be able to deal with some of the pressure coming from insurers and telling us what to do, the hospital will protect us.
2: Yes, exactly, because we we felt like we were kind of weak against the insurers at the time. And so I was all excited about it. I went into private practice um, in in 2005, and I went to a place where we had two offices and I thought, you know, there's a couple of us there, I thought, hey, let's do what the hospitals are doing. We banded together and we ended up uh, bringing 27 hospitals, 27 offices together. We had the biggest practice in the nation, and now we're the second biggest practice in the nation. So I think the growth always seems good at the time. But what's happened is it's taken away the power from the physicians who are now almost all employed by either uh, medical schools, hospitals, or some other corporate entity. And I suspect now we'll probably get... Wal, Walgreens and 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 these others that are going to take over they've taken over you know it's going to be the corporate practice of medicine that's what we're seeing that's why they won't stand up that's why they don't speak out it's not because they're not critical thinkers they're just afraid so the doctor
3: essentially now is being dictated to a policy mm-hmm. when it used to be whatever I feel like my patient needs it's my personal response. I mean, a doctor, to me, is the only one personally responsible for my treatment as a patient. Hospital's not responsible. They don't care. Certainly, Tony Fauci over there in Washington, D.C., doesn't affect him at all if my patient dies. But if my patient dies, it affects me. It affects me emotionally. It affects my record and what's going on. So if you're making decisions for that patient, certainly with your butt on the line, it should be your decision. But that's not what happened here, right? I mean, well said. When it comes to this, this COVID you know, and how we're going to handle it. The hospitals started dictating, you know, how you're going to handle it. Where are those dictates coming from? Tony Fauci, maybe their pharmaceutical sponsors, how much money and the incentive is incentivizing, right? That happened, whether it was getting incentivized to call the COVID patient. Well, let's just shut down and only take COVID patients. We'll be in the money, you know, and incentivized to use remdesivir failed drug. And then incentivized and all of that flies in the face of if you were as a doctor, didn't want to do it. Did you have a choice?
2: You covered so much ground there. <laughs> yeah. um, so, yeah. you know, what you what part of what I wanted to, people to hear is that we we basically were stuck in the system where if you did something against the system, you're going to lose your job.
3: Wow. And,
2: you know, you heard Paul Merrick say it. Yeah. You know, he he sat and watched. You heard the tears. I've seen him do it. Yeah, That's really in a minute. He mm-hmm. basically sat and watched seven people die while yeah. he gave remdesivir. And for people who don't know, the virus is replication incompetent. It can't replicate after about five or six days, which means it can't, remdesivir can't work because it needs the virus to replicate in order for it to work. So I always say people don't die of the virus. They die of the viral particles in day 8, 9, 10, and so on, causing inflammation and blood clotting and respiratory uh, stress. So that's one of the things I think people don't understand is that there's actually very good treatment for respiratory st- stress, and there's very good treatment for inflammation and blood clotting. And we're ignoring that. We're all thinking about Fauci and the virus. There's no, he doesn't, no virologist need to apply after the fifth day. We don't need a virologist. We need pulmonologists. We need cardiologists. We need hematologists. That's, you know, that's who
3: we need. Because once you pass the infection point, and, and we have a, we have, I mean, what I've said on this show for the first time ever, as far as I've ever seen, I can't think of a single disease or a single issue where the mantra in all modern medicine is early treatment is best early detection in cancer, breast cancer, whatever early detection, early treatment is the best way in every scenario. Yet here we hear in every hospital there's really here's our treatment. It does appear you have COVID. So go home. Let this thing proliferate through your body. We're not going to do nothing to stop You know, the expansion of the virus throughout your body and the proliferation. And then if your lips turn blue, come back to us then. Then we'll put you on a respirator and give you a drug that is now at this point incapable of doing anything. As you said, we're moving into all sorts of respiratory and brain issues. You know, when it comes to you mentioned hydroxychloroquine was what you started working on. Um, Dr. Harvey Rice talks a little bit about that. So let's take a look at this video.
1: Okay, before uh, Harvey Reich gets, uh, gets in the comments, I, there's a couple of things that I want to point out in that, right. that little piece there. First of all, don't miss, because people wonder, I've never heard of this Dr. Russo. Who's he, some quack? I mean, you know, these are the things that we hear from naysayers. Oh yeah. All but the
0: time. don't
1: but don't miss. I mean, and it doesn't mean that because you're you're part of, you know, some big organization that that means you're, you know, you're on the up and up and and you you've got a, a high moral standard and all of that. But don't miss the fact that he started a practice that at one time was the largest practice in the world. He went from remember he said there was a concept so we started with we had two offices. Then we got right. to, to twenty-seven, like 27 I think.
0: offices. Yeah. yeah,
1: and now they're the second largest right. uh, practice in the world. Uh, and I just saw, uh, you know, on a graphic there, he has seen uh, a hundred and I think it was one hundred fifteen thousand COVID patients. Okay, I love I love what he said. <laughs> I love what he said in the other clip. We didn't mention it that he has seen in in his you know his time as a doctor. Over three hundred thousand patients, and never once has he had to call the c d c or the the the, right. the a four for for any yeah. advice and these are the very ones that are are basically telling them what to do now so right yes uh, but and and the last thing he's he's saying that after five days you don't need a virologist, you need guys that you know the pulmonary you need the you know the the uh the doctors that uh i guess uh, cardio and, and and blood and and that sort of thing
0: right. Right.
1: But that if you remember when the SARS-2 infection, when the virus comes in, we did this with Dr. Fleming, we mm-hmm. have a inflammothrombotic Thombotic. response.
0: Right.
1: Now yes. now right. what happens is the virus comes in and causes something else to be infected. And that's exactly what he's saying. After five days forget about the virus the virus is already in it's causing other issues now you got to be able to treat what's happening
0: right you know
1: so very i I think that sort of gets lost in the weeds a little bit because everybody keeps thinking about day six they say oh he's got the covid no now he's got other health issues yeah you know
0: yeah
1: so it's it it's it it makes sense to me it's very intricate but um I just want to uh, issue this retraction or this correction, I should say. Uh, back when Dr. Urso mentioned his practice there in Texas was the largest in the country, I misspoke and I said it was the largest in the world and then now stands number two in the world. Even though the medical uh, practices and the medical quality in the world is usually the highest here in the United States, maybe not so much these days but uh yeah. <laughs> uh historically uh they were and 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 still are i think but uh we just want to issue that uh, correction that it was not the largest in the world we want to keep our uh our standard of maintaining complete truth and honesty <laughs> and accuracy here so it was uh, the second largest or is the second largest in the country Currently currently okay not the world, and uh, i I definitely misspoke and said it was the world, not the world in the country, so all right. with that being said, uh now you know anyway, let's get on to uh to the, this other, dr rauch, I think he said okay going going make a comment on the round table uh, right now. all right, here we go We heard at the beginning of the pandemic that one of the medications that has been used in early treatment, hydroxychloroquine or uh, HCQ, was a game changer and would be effective in the treatment of COVID outpatients starting during the first few days of the illness. And then we heard study after study and media report after media report saying that HCQ doesn't work. However, this was a sham. The media reports never covered how the negative studies were actually fake studies. And the media studiously avoided covering the 10 proper trials of hydroxychloroquine outpatient use that showed significant benefit for hospitalization and mortality. Times.
3: That was Dr. Harvey Risch talking about the fake studies. Now, when you hear that, you think. Yeah, I, I think I said Roush, it's Risch or Reich. <laughs> so it's, okay. it's not Roush,
1: it's Dr. R- and uh, he's from uh, uh, Chief of uh,
3: Epidemiology in Yale what does he mean by fake studies what does
2: he mean by fake studies well i I think everyone needs to hear this if they haven't heard it if i told you that harvard was in on the game and our major journal the lancet was in on the game if i said this two years ago i said that's crazy three years ago i said no way that didn't happen so one of the major studies was done in england okay um and they used hydroxychloroquine and they um um, and they had something called the recovery trial. But the one that I'm talking about, the one that was the backbreaker for hydroxychloroquine, was the fake fabricated Lancet study done by, by Harvard CV, CV docs, not just any, the head of Harvard Cardiovascular, he, who hadn't seen a single patient. 693 hospitals, 93,000 patients, um, six continents. I knew it was fabrication right at the beginning so the the depth of the of the fraud is so deep it's goes to our highest levels of institutions Harvard our highest levels of journal journals like the Lancet and they actually put a fabricated study and we all uncovered it in literally like two weeks because most of us who do scientific research knew that you couldn't compile all that data that quickly and get all the ethics reviews that you need. It's it's a nightmare to go to each individual institution. And, how, and remind that. me the numbers again. How many institutions they said it was? Uh, Six hundred and seventy one hospitals. Okay. Now remind you, they don't. They're not on Windows XP. Okay, right. they're all on their own separate thing. They and don't talk this to was to From yourself.
3: around the world or from around the world. Around the world. So they were saying we have China, China. Australia. Africa, like, and somebody said, "Wait a minute! They collect. Pull all that off in of the amount of time that you said you're doing is impossible." Somebody I would like say, called... "So
2: I would sometimes say Soros had to get like twenty thousand people to work on this and donate about fifty million dollars. It might have gotten done, but it, it obviously I knew it was a fraud right from right. the get go." Yeah. So I mean, that's bold. Think about it.
1: This was the head of what did he say, Harvard? Uh, well, Harvard, but he was in a the head
0: uh, of Harvard Medical something. Yeah, yeah,
1: cardiology. I think he said
0: something like that. But yeah. that's bold because he's doing this, they, uh,
1: like, almost thinking his colleagues aren't going to notice. Oh, no one will know. These guys called him out, and in two weeks, they, they blew the whole thing up and said the whole thing was a fraud. And, of course, you know, we've talked about this before. And, of, but,
0: and of course, you, nobody's ever heard of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and they act like, well, no, that, 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 that drug's no good. It's, yeah. been, it's been proven. Well, no. I mean, it, it, that is that is the crime that's being done. That's only a small piece, but you know as well as I do, Ben. You know, and you folks listening, we you have to open-mindedly seek for truth.
0: So, yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, well, uh, hate to hate to pause this right here, but uh, we have got tons more. So I mean, we, you know, we can sort of wrap this up. And once again, this you're listening to Dr. Richard Urso being interviewed by Dell Bigtree. And the highlights and clips are coming from uh another round table. The actual round table was called a second opinion Ron Johnson put it together there in DC. God bless him and 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 these these guys, I mean, they are not hesitating now. They they are not Tiptoeing, you know, through the tulips, so to speak, about right. what they're saying. They are calling people out, uh, and this needs to be done. And something has to be done. People need to know. Uh, and w- we're going to get into some some deeper uh, information and and some personal things that these guys are going through. But God bless these guys. Yeah, I mean, and gals, uh, and I mean mean that endearingly. Um, because, uh, folks, we are seeing things now that if you really want—I mean, you can turn you can turn the blind eye, you can turn your back on all of this, and you can pretend nothing's happening, nothing to see here. You know, I'm going to head on over and, and watch my kid play this sport or that sport. I'll head on over to church, and we'll have a nice time, and we'll have dinner, and nothing's going on. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you the volcano is brewing it's building it's building and something something is going to happen yeah. and something should happen so uh, uh we will we will get back into the, to this one on our next episode but this is this was just done there again as the uh the uh, uh dc Walk. I think it was a walk uh, against mandates or something to that effect. It was a protest against right. all, all of yeah. the mandates. That's when yeah, that's forget was the done. name of it. So that was only uh, about what two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, uh, roughly. Yeah, so right. this is this this had just happened. So anyway, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and pause here and pick it back up on the other side. Um, I Hate to do it. I almost feel something like this. I feel like we ought to do about a two hour podcast. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, you know, without breaks, Ben, without breaks. We we no breaks.
0: Well, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I hear you.
1: Yeah, so anyway, all right. Well, as we close out, let's have a brief word of prayer. Father in heaven, once again, we thank you for this opportunity. Father, we ask for your strength. We, we, we ask for your protection. Uh, we ask for the mental and the physical ability to continue to do your will, we give you permission, Father, just now to work in our lives as we rededicate ourselves daily. We we need your strength every day, as it seems like we're being attacked some days from all uh, all lines of fire. You know, uh, forward, backward, and and we seem to be stuck right there in the bullseye, defenseless. But Father, we we need you, and we ask for your assistance. We need your help in, in just overcoming the enemy's distractions and, and his darts that he's tossing at us and, well, maybe just firing them viciously and ferociously. And we ask for protection on these, these people, like Dr. Urso and his colleagues, and all the ones that were there in DC. And not to forget people like Dell and these other platforms that are out there that uh, are spreading the truth. We thank you again for this platform that you've given us here at The Undiluted Truth. And as we part ways, we ask that our listeners be blessed, and may every intent of our thought be pure. We ask and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen.